Hello, my friends, and welcome into today's episode of Fuerte Catholic. I'm so glad that you are here. We've got a great one for you here today. Allison Sullivan sat right here next to me as we recorded some uh, some really cool conversations. Uh, we talked about expectations and how that's kind of been messing with my life here recently, having expectations being let down or having bad expectations and things have been good. Like, it's just been kind of a weird time for expectations. And then in the final segment, we uh, do something completely different. We go through um, St. Jose Maria Escriva, uh, one of his books called The Way, and it's really kind of weird how much it connected to our first segment conversation. It was So we kind of have our question in the first segment, our answers in the last segment from God, and right smack dab in the middle, my friend Megan Adams joins the show to talk about Catholicism and the environment, something that uh, popes haven't tackled in a while until Pope Francis did, something that we haven't tackled really ever in the seven years of this show um, so we hope that we, you, you hear something that you like, something that challenges you, something that encourages you this week. If you enjoy today's show, please hit subscribe wherever you are watching or listening. Enjoy. Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll, and that is Allison, the one, the only Jemima Sullivan. Hello, Allison. Hi there, Taylor Stroll. It's good to see you. And you. And with your spirit. <laughs> <laughs> also with you. Um, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Great start. <laughs> well, I just realized, sorry, I just realized that I have queso on my chin, which is no way to start an interview. I've just felt it. So you felt I didn't, it. Um, so I didn't know if it would be a good conversation piece or if I should just say, "Hold on a second. But yes, it, I it, have. It wasn't a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have queso <laughs> all over. Uh, so I am happy about a little thing today. Okay. And I am happy about a big thing. A small okay. win and a big win. Okay. So the little win is, I think I mentioned last week, maybe two weeks ago, that we have moved where we physically are. By yes. one room over. So mm -hmm. we were in this little closet. Mm -hmm. Now I'm over here. But for the last few weeks of the show, uh, one of the things when we moved in here is like behind this background, there's a very shiny wall. Yes. So like when I moved in here, I was like, okay, I we have lights in here and you could see like all the... Essentially, I'd look like... Um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness when he has all those dead people and all mm -hmm. the arms are coming out. So he has his two arms and then he has like 18 other arms. Okay. That's what it looked like when I moved around it's because of all the shadows behind me, right? too much. So it's like between the wall and your head, there's just a lot <laughs> too of- Too much shine. Yeah. <laughs> right. A lot of reflection happening. So I needed something to dampen that, that reflection. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have time to go buy anything. So I was like, oh, I already have something that we use for recording often mm -hmm. that I can use as my background. And it was the background for your podcast. Oh, good. So the yes. background for the Sinner Saint Sister podcast was the background for the Fourth Day Catholic yeah. podcast for two whole weeks. Do I have, do, do I, am I infringed upon? Can I, can I, um, I don't know. Is there like a copyright? I feel like. Well, if you would have gotten copyright for that, it would have been me that did it. Because <laughs> you, you don't know anything about that stuff. I do all that stuff for you. Fine. <laughs> so Fine, no, I'll let it go. I actually own the copyright. <laughs> you owe me royalties for using it on your show. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but so that was the little win for me. Is that By the way, in this do you feel better in this room? 
Like oh yeah, very much. Okay. better. it's great. I love being in here. Uh, and the little win is that the lens on the camera. This is very technical, but the lens that we're using mm-hmm. is now very far away from us. But it's like my, my better looking lens. The lens that we had to use in there was a, called a fish eye lens. Okay, fish eyes are weird, right? Yeah. Uh, so we could put the the lens like eighteen inches from mm-hmm. us, and it, you could see. All of us, right? Because it's like a wide angle lens, but yeah, okay. it wasn't as b- the best quality. Okay, what I hear you saying is that I'm going to be cuter here. Sure. Okay. That's more up to you than it is to the camera lens, but that's a whole no. other thing. They distort things. <laughs> Fish eyes sound distorted. They do. They do. So uh, <laughs> we are using the good lens today, and I'm very happy. And you know who doesn't care? The podcast audience. <laughs> yeah, we're 100%. <laughs> but I just yeah. wanted you to share in my little win. Yeah. Um, in my little win, before we get to the big win mm-hmm. for both of us, mm-hmm. uh, in my little win, there's a little win for you. Okay. So I had to go buy this background. Where'd you buy your background? Joanne's baby. Joanne's baby? Joanne's. <laughs> it's where all the hip old ladies hang out. Right. So for me to go and buy this background, I had to go into Joanne's. And honestly, I didn't know women could be that old. Oh, that I've we never actually seen women live. that old and uh-huh. moving all in around. one time, all they, at one place. They were shopping. They were the ones cutting the fabric. They were Agile. the ones checking out. Like yeah. I, I was just like, is this like there? I feel like it's like you know, girl, young lady, mm-hmm. woman, uh, matron, grandmother, mm-hmm. hospice. Joanne's. Okay, okay. <laughs> Joanne is at the very end of our life right. expectancy. Right. So oh if any God. if any priest is like down on some cash and needs some cash real mm-hmm. quick, mm-hmm. just head over to Joanne's. I'm sure one of Joanne's. them died. They'll ask you to do the funeral because they're like, oh, the priest was here. What now, are the odds? I have a question. Were they nice to you? Uh, they didn't really speak to me. No. Okay. No. I walked around very lost for a long they time. They could feel you thinking they're about to keel over. So that comes with some they side probably eye. They see me. And there's a lot of me to see. Because <laughs> they were delightful to me. I got I got Honey and Darlin'. So I just I think they know. wanted me out. Like, you're not one of us. <laughs> you're, Get you're, the hell out of here. You don't belong here. I am skeptical. <laughs> right. Yeah. They thought I, thought I was looking for a sugar mama. <laughs> Actually, it was inspired. I was remembered because I used to knit when the kids were little. It made me feel like a good now mom. You just nitpick everything. Oh I my do. gosh, that's funny. That's that was actually funny. Um, but I used to knit like with yarn, and it just I would do little hats for the kids and whatever. And so when I was walking through jo- Joanne's, I remembered like, oh, I like this stuff. Like I like little crafty things sometimes that's because you're an old woman and we we never realized we never stopped yeah, realizing that well, it's just new for yeah right. <laughs> i remembered but as long as it doesn't involve hot glue because i've burned off all my fingertips you want to commit some crimes there's a there's a hot glue gun literally right oh, there and that. i don't know why <laughs> it's not mine <laughs> look at you you lie i don't know you are secretly crafting I taylor i don't i can't spell my name i'm not crafting these trips to joanne's have gotten I, to i you. saw that the other day and i don't know where it came from or why it's here Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anyone in my family use it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a murder weapon. Well, I have literally here. no fingertips because of that thing. Bonnie and Clyde, like, I'll do the, the dirty work. and I don't have fingertips because I play guitar. We could be Bonnie and Clyde. <gasps> what are we going to do? I don't know. Whenever, what are we going to steal? Whenever I turn 80 and you turn 107, <laughs> you can be my Bonnie and Clyde sugar mama. That's what we've decided Perfect. Today. Okay. <clears throat> I want it to include really reckless driving. I've always wanted to do that. Just, you know, let her rip. Open road. 
some donuts. You think you don't do that? Yeah, I do drive <laughs> yeah. like a criminal already. It's true. Oh, but I wasn't going to say criminal. I was going to say another describing word, but I'll let you figure <laughs> that out. <laughs> Let's get to our big win together. Okay. We had a very big win together. Um, and as this is coming out, it's been a little while, but we haven't been able to celebrate it yet. Mm. The Houston Astros are Yay! world champions. Yes. <laughs> We're so oh, excited. It was so fun. I can finally go to bed at a normal hour. Like I that That's was what a, you're excited about? Well, no. I'm I'm excited about all the things, but yes, a, a lack of sleep was like making my emotions extra extreme. So that win, it was it was a really big win, I agree. I loved it. It was so much fun. It was incredibly so stressful. Mm-hmm. So, uh game the the final game, the game that we won in game 6, was like we were it, it was no score for a while and then yeah. they scored one so we were kind of on the ropes and then we yeah. scored four and it was yeah. kind of and over it, like yeah. once once our, our we had the best pitching staff ever it was just it was just really really good mm-hmm. but game five I'm gonna get the exact number wrong but it was somewhere in the 80s for mm-hmm. the stat that I'm gonna give you mm-hmm. it was so stressful and I could feel it and mm-hmm. I didn't really know why but mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of I kind of did I just couldn't, wouldn't have been able to put it into words but there were something like 87 or 89 batters came to bat. Mm-hmm. Let's just pretend it was 88. We'll make it a di- we'll, we'll split the difference, right? Okay. Something like 88 batters came to the plate. 85 of them with one swing could have taken the lead in the game. Oh, wow. And yeah. like, it, it was just like, it was so stressful. Yeah. Like literally right. with any right. pitch. Yes. Because like most of baseball now is home runs, right? Yes. Literally with any pitch, yes. we could win or we could lose. Right. And it was just such a great game. It was such a great series. Mm-hmm. It feels good to win, uh, especially after the controversy of 2017. Mm-hmm. We in Houston all celebrated, but a lot of people outside of Houston didn't want to give us any credit. Sure. And now everybody can just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> because we were the team this year under the most scrutiny yeah. of any baseball team ever, other than like the 1920 White Sox. Yeah. Right. right. And we won. Yeah. So take that. <laughs> there were two there were two components that really added to it for me. One of them is that my middle son is a heck of a baseball player he is this fierce catcher and he will throw himself in front of anything he's just awesome so um he actually had a baseball game that night the night that they won and um to for him to be able to watch it with his team like I don't think he'll ever forget that so there's all these videos of him and all his baseball buddies you know jumping up and down and turning this restaurant into a ballpark I mean it was awesome and then I just love the Mattress Mac component. Right. That was just a blast for me. He is like, if you grew up in Houston. I saw him in Joanne's. Oh, touche. Oh, they were nicer to him. Um, but if you grew up in Houston, he's just this father figure. I mean, we have watched him. <laughs> that's how old you are. He's a grandpa figure to me. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fine. But but he, you could watch him get older with, you know, rip, you know, whipping the money out. Gallery furniture really will save you money. It was like his jumps would get lower and lower and lower, <laughs> you know, like we just watch. And then everything was the same. Like he was really good at marketing. And so it was always, you know, I-45 North between Tidwell and Parker. And so when that meme came out of him all, you know, gangster, he's like, roll up. I'm north between Tidwell and Parker. Right, I'm yeah. north between. It was just so. You know great. where I stay. Yeah, yeah. It was so awesome. I loved it so much. It was great, and he won the largest bet by any single person ever. Oh, he won seventy-five oh, million dollars. Yeah, the I knew the amount, but I didn't know that uh, stat. Oh my gosh. I I won forty dollars on the series. <laughs> I mean, he, I'm I'm making big moves, you know. Uh, <sighs> so it's just, just very exciting, and it was it was just really interesting to like. It was this kind of like us versus them mentality, which is like pretty common in sports but i think it was just heightened because all the scandal Mm -hmm. stuff in 2017 Mm -hmm. uh but it did feel like 
like one, it was like a weight lifted off the shoulders of like, no, we're a dynasty no matter what happened, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like similar things are like Tom Brady. It's like Tom Brady has been, he's the best quarterback ever. There yeah. was some controversy that surrounded him, but it's like, can you real like, he didn't win because of a deflated football. <laughs> he's been right. winning for 20 years, right? right? The Astros have been uh, in the American League World Series for six years. We've been in the World Series four times. We've won twice. Like, I mean, it's one of the best baseball teams ever constructed. And now everybody can leave us alone. But it, like, so like it's relief now, but like during that whole mm-hmm. playoff run, it was mm-hmm. like, Everybody hated us. Yeah. Which is so funny because, like, for years it was the Yankees. Like, everybody hated mm-hmm. the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Or uh, it's like, we don't care who wins. We'll root for you as long as it's not the Yankees. As long, exactly. And, and it's yeah. been the Astros now. So, I, usually I'm used to our teams being the underdogs because we've been so bad at sports in Houston so for bad. so long. Yeah. Uh, so, it was weird to not only not to, not only were we not the underdogs, but we were like the person, the people that everybody hated. Yeah. So, it was just fun to win. And uh, I enjoy winning. I feel the like experience all, with the whole family it was great. Yeah, I feel like all the teams that I root for like live to break my heart, and so it's so nice not having your heart broken in a sporting event. Yeah, and we've we've lived through enough heartbreak with the Astros. So. Yeah. Um, okay, so we expected a lot. I want to talk about expectations. We expected a lot out of our Astros, uh, but there's I got genuinely sad okay. about something, and I've uh, and recently over the last few weeks and it all had to do with expectations and maybe some unhealthiness in my in my in my own personal life but that's a whole other thing right but there was a video game next that was, segment yeah whatever well we all know what's wrong with me but uh there's a, a video game called gotham knights so okay. it's like you know batman everybody knows batman mm-hmm. but it was a game not built around batman after these very successful batman games some of my favorite games ever mm-hmm. were these batman games that come over come out over the last decade been very very good very very enjoyable and i love them and then spoiler alert for those batman dies <laughs> so this is like a continuation of the story and it was set up to be this pretty cool experience so like instead of focusing on batman it was going to focus on the four people that he like poured into in his own gruff way uh-huh. but like you know red hood robin catwoman okay. or uh, batwoman batgirl whatever her name is and um and nightwing so like all these people that that were like his Proteges or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And they were taking up the like the mantle of being protectors of Gotham because Batman's dead. And I was so much looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. I pre-ordered it. I very rarely pre-order games. I often like to wait for sales and stuff, but it's like that's yeah. how much I love but these the, Batman yeah, games. Yeah, but this is yeah. Um, and for two weeks, I was in kind of a funk, and I was like, if I can just like I had a lot of work to do. I was in like a funk. I wasn't really enjoying playing the other video games that I was playing, whether it was a single player or multiplayer. I was just kind of in this like no man's land of like, because this game was going to probably take me like 60, 80 hours is how long those games take. You know, you play them over the course of a few weeks, few months, whatever. So I was like, I don't want to get into another game that's that long. Right. So I'm going to play this one mm-hmm. next, you know, next, not this Friday, but next but Friday. Na- yes. And I kept looking forward, looking forward to it. The, re- the reviews came out two days before. Not only was it like tech, like, not as good of a story as people were hoping, but the combat was bad. And most, the thing that hurt the most, which is like a weird thing, but like technically, the technical, like the actual playing of the game, yeah. it just like wasn't working. So it was like, it's all about frames per second. And, and, it, and yeah, it yeah, essentially yeah. like it, the game looked like it was on a fisheye lens instead of this lens. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right, like right. it just didn't play. Like it was, it was like the technology from a game from like 2013. And here we are a decade later with all yeah. the advancements. And it was just like, how did you do this? Yeah. How did you? So I canceled my pre-order and I was incredibly sad because I wasn't just So you sad never at, got it. I never got it. You I never saw the it. reviews and were like, I That's, canceled my pre-order, wow, got my money okay. back, didn't play it. 
And it wasn't just the like, it was, I wasn't sad because I didn't get this video game. That was a part of it, right? But canceling my pre-order meant that I was sad for the last two weeks. And right. everything that I was kind of hoping for yeah. was then gone. Yeah. So I put these huge expectations on this game. Yeah, this is kind of gonna. Yeah, this is what's. And gonna. then it just all fell from under me. And mm. then I was sad. Then I had to deal with my sadness for the last two weeks, and then still be sad. <laughs> so it's sad. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting to have like experience some sort of light at the end of the tunnel, and that can be. I mean, that's that's a really specific light, like to just you. You know, like right. this is the thing. This is the way that I decompress this is the way that I rest and so if you were to so for me I was because the whole time I'm like Gotham that's Batman right like I don't you know I don't know the things you're talking about but I do know the hope of if I can just get to this moment Mm -hmm. and like maybe for me it might be well yeah but I'm about to see a friend that I haven't seen in a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. you know and so and then that trip gets canceled and it's like oh wow you know, and so, and I don't know that it's not a gift if in any some trips way. If your friends get canceled, you totally cancel them. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. I love being canceled on. Everyone knows this. Um, but I, I think that it, it, it isn't necessarily a bad thing because I think it can point you back to that place of, okay, like what's going on? What needs leaned into in order to get to the other side? Because a lot of times the things that we are waiting for or hoping for can be a little bit of a crutch. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, very much so. And like, I know that like video games is my release. It's my relaxing. It's my stress reliever. And I wasn't using it because I wasn't playing games. I wasn't using a stress reliever mm-hmm. for like two weeks because I wanted to save up mm-hmm. like my time because I have other yeah. things to do and that sort of thing, whatever, right? I wanted to like kind of bank my time for when I play this game. Um, so like part of it is unhealthy and then part of it was just like, just like some, I was sad about a thing that I was looking forward to that didn't happen. Right. Uh, and then, so a few weeks later, there's another game that was coming out, God of War, which, which is, uh, the sequel to my favorite game ever that came out five years ago and the exact opposite thing happened. Oh, I pre-ordered it. I played the game. It came out this week. As you're hearing it, it's last week, whatever. Uh, it came out, and I've played the crap out of it, and it is Yay. incredible. Good. It is so good, right? So now, like, now okay. I'm enjoying it. I expected a lot out of Gotham Knights mm-hmm. and got pooped on. Mm-hmm. I expected a lot out of God of War, and it's, like, meeting, if not exceeding, my expectations. So I feel like if I took expectations out of the mm-hmm. whole thing, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have changed my two weeks leading up to Gotham Knights. I, w- I wouldn't have. I completely changed how I was living my life. Yeah. Looking forward Waiting. to this thing. Right. Yeah. Waiting. Expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of my expectations for, for God of War have been the games. It's like a it's either a pickup and more of this thing that I love or maybe even a step forward. Mm-hmm. And it's great. And I feel like if I just didn't have expectations. Right. I would have not been sad by Gotham mm-hmm. Knights, and I still would have enjoyed God of War Ragnarok. So I feel like expectations is ruining my life. Yeah. Not the things themselves. Well, <laughs> but it's what you rely on. Like, what are you relying on? So, okay, so I have a question. How's your funk? Like, where where are you in your funk? Since I started playing God of War, I'm incredible. I'm doing great. Okay. Life is good. I'm relaxed. I, I have, like, the best work-life balance I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm doing my work mm-hmm. so that I can earn to go play okay. God of War faster. Okay. Like, 
it's been I've been praying more because of the game. Wow. The irony of me playing a game about a false god time. and it's improving my actual relationship with the real god. Incredible. <laughs> That's really great. Okay, so I think that this this reminds me of if you First of all, I really believe in low expectations. And I have had to work on this because I expect a lot out of people. I expect a lot out of my work. Um, uh, and it is a disappointment, I would say, 90% of the time. Because people never show up the way that you that think they're going to show up. That feels real bad as a person who's both your friend and your co-conspirator in no, all of your work. I'm better. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. I am better because... I used to, this was like a decade ago, but I would write something, I would push post, and then I would wait, and I would see, like, oh, who's going to show up for me in this way? Y'all, no one. <laughs> yeah, that was like, it was no 10 years one. ago, you weren't a TikTok star then. <laughs> well, but it's like, if you are waiting for this outcome, like this very specific outcome, it will evade you every single time. And so really, it's about the process. And so if you are relying on a game to determine some outcome, I don't know, man. But if you're just enjoying the process of experiencing this game, I think that's where the joy is. It's in the work. It's in the process, not what it brings. Right. And I've noticed this, too, with movies. Like when I go, like big movies coming out, whether it's Marvel or other, like um, some some other movies. It's like if I have high expectations for the movie, uh -huh. I'm going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. If I have low expectations, I'm going to enjoy that movie more than everybody else. Right. And it's, I, I don't know when this happened, mm -hmm. but like, it's like, I used to just like enjoy things that I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And now I, I guess because I follow it more and I guess the internet and I have yeah. more information, I'm just like the, the stuff I'm interested in. So I'm like researching it. So I hear all these expectations. If somebody else says they hate it and I go watch it, I love it. Yeah. And it's not like this like dichotomy thing. It's just like, oh, I didn't, ex I, I trust this person. They said they didn't like it. So I thought I didn't like it. I wouldn't like it because I thought I thought the same as them. But th they went in with high expectations. I liked it more. Right, right, right. We're watching the same thing. Right. Yeah, so this, I can't, you know, relate to video games, but I can relate to, so as, again, I'm like putting this through my own lens, but it's always people, it's relationships, right? And so I had this epiphany that was like, okay, if I am expecting something out of this relationship that's going to bring me a certain something, a certain emotion, a certain piece, you know, whatever, there is, there is, there's now a stressor on that, that I feel like, changes the whole dynamic which is what you're saying like I go in different right? right like I you know I'm going into this experience differently because of my expectation so it occurred to me that I can get right here like I can get right between me and God no one else is now obligated to make me feel anything because everything is just about this security this connection um and now it frees people up to just be a person I'm just a person. I'm going to disappoint you. I'm going to, you know, your expectations of what I can offer you are going to fail miserably if they're lofty. So now we can just be people and we can just, you know, do our best to love one another because I have everything I need right here. I mean, that's the ideal. Anyway. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the transition that I wanted to make of... I've been, you know, I, I see these things really easily in movies and video games, but then I was like, oh... I realized how expectations are, are slash have been affecting my relationship with God. Mm. Because when I was, when I was young and I was like first getting on fire for, for God and like being involved in youth group, 
I was being told, like, you know, boldly approach the throne of grace and, you know, he will give you all these, all of his good, his good his, from his riches, right? With that, not just money, but like joy and, and happiness and serenity. And uh, if, if you follow him, like, you know, obviously bad things will happen, but like mm-hmm. a life with God is good and there's virtue and that brings goodness and that brings people that you want to be with. And that brings like your life will be yeah. better if you're living the way that God wants you to. And then. You know, you asked about my funk earlier, and that was just the last few weeks or whatever. But like spiritually, myself and most people, I think, have been in a funk since COVID. Yeah. And me, even before that, because all the crap that went down with our bishops and leaders and local yeah. local leaders and yeah. local priests and like that sort of thing. And it's like my expectations from God and from the church a decade ago. You were talking about, you know, putting things out a decade ago. A decade ago, I was like hopeful. And mm. like, if I ask God for something, good things are gonna mm-hmm. happen. If I if I do this ministry, good things will happen. If I do this, this this good things will happen. And I realized that like, even though I'm out of like my big spiritual funk of like mm-hmm. the year and a half, two years uh, at, right after COVID, and even before that for me, the expectations aren't back. Yeah, I don't expect anything from God. Mm. I I just have such low expectations because such low things have happened. Mm-hmm. Right where I'm just like, I'm good with God. I like God, but like. When I go to prayer, I don't think it's going to work. Hmm. When I go to prayer, I don't think things are going to get better because hmm. I tr- I thought things were going to get better for so long and hmm. they only got worse. Yeah. And like, yes, things are better, right? I'm not trying to be over dramatic, but like there's been a lot of healing and a lot of growth. But I realized after kind of looking at how like I was like, I was so disappointed by this video game. And then I was so excited by this other video game. I was so disappointed by these movies and I really like these movies because of the expectations. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I think that there's a part of that there mm-hmm. where it's like, I love God and I think God's doing great things and my life is good now, mm-hmm. but I'm still like, I'm not boldly a throning the, the, the throne of mm-hmm. grace. I'm just like, I hope things are fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. That is, that is a really, um, that's a really dense topic. Like all of these things, because we think we have our rights, right? Like I'm a good person. So, or, I mean, you could, you could apply this to any scenario. Like I'm a hard worker. I should be making a lot of money. I am Amen. a nice, <laughs> I'm a nice person. I should be in a good relationship. Only I applies should, to you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, fill in the blank, a million, et cetera, is right. Like these are the things, these are my rights. Right. And so we can walk through our life expecting all of these things because we have our ducks in a row in one certain area of in our life when the truth is we weren't promised a darn thing and we already have everything we need because when it says my grace is sufficient for you, his grace is sufficient, you know? Just sufficient though. <laughs> I mean, that's like being like, you know, hey, did you get an A on your test? I just, just satisfactory. And that's how I feel. Like, I don't okay. feel like my relationship with God both ways has been an A. Like, I know that's heresy okay. and wrong. Like, I know, but that's how it's So felt. you're saying, you're saying His grace that, Jesus, just been sufficient. that Jesus <laughs> on a cross is just okay. That was 2,000 years ago, what you done for me lately. <laughs> oh, Lord, the lightning. You're going to get shocked. No, I got shocked by my outlook. I am not day. tackling you off the current. I'm not doing it. Um, yeah, but no, I, I really think that we can kind of, you know, white knuckle these things that we think are ours. And it requires a returning to the cross again and again and again to remember the miracle. So I think you, I don't usually give advice because I often giving advice while I know I am. I am. I shook it even, (laughs) 
sorry, that's rude. But I need a, a lot of advice myself. But I think you should spend some time remembering the miracle of Jesus and it not becoming so ho-hum, but it, um, it bringing about astonishment in you. So the Bible tells us all the time to remember. I think now's the time to remember. I think I should. Okay. Glad we agree. That hardly ever happens. Yeah. I just, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's hope. I've always struggled with hope, but I think even more so. Mm. Because it's just like, I don't know. I was hopeful it didn't work out. <laughs> so why be hopeful again? And it's like, that's yeah. how I've been trained for these expectations for other things. But it's like, but I, I think the difference is God was always good. Right. Like God was all, you know, like, like you're saying, God was always good. He wasn't this crappy video game or this great video game or this mediocre video game. He was, he's always been good. Right. So yeah, I, it was just like, I thought I was good. And then I had that realization of mm -hmm. like, I thought I was like healed and kind of threw it. And then I was like, man, mm -hmm. like I'm just not expecting a lot from mm -hmm. the church. I'm mm -hmm. not expecting a lot from mm -hmm. God. Um, and I think, I think there's been lights, right. Kind of yeah. in inviting me back into being hopeful and like approaching God, just like not with essentially like my prayer life has been like, help me with all the bad crap I do and help me be more loving and help me be, uh, get rid of this vice and grow in this virtue or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it hasn't been as much of like big, bold, big, hopeful things. Cause it's like, I don't know that, that part of like that spiritual muscle of hope, I think was just, What's the term you didn't like when you lay in the hospital bed? Atrophy. Atrophy. Like that, my hope muscle had just atrophied. So mm -hmm. I need to wake it up and maybe, yeah. maybe, uh, you know, like when I need to wake up another muscle, I use my massage gun. So maybe my spiritual massage gun will be focusing on what Jesus did on the cross. Where's our vampire wall? <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll shake something into place. You're where we hang like bats. Oh, vampire wall. I thought you meant like, I was like, does that, I thought we were talking about my wall that shocked me the other day. No, no. I got shocked by an outlet in my house the other day. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what snapped me back into realizing that I need a little bit more hope in my life. I'll tase you. I'll tase you anytime you want, Taylor. <laughs> Out of line. Right. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. We're going to head on over into a guest interview that I did the other day. Hope that you enjoy it. And Alice and I will be right back for our final segment right after that. With your help, we are inching closer and closer to becoming YouTube partners over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Forte Catholic. We've already met all of the requirements for subscribers and consistency and all those things. The last thing that we need is total watch time in a year. So uh, since I've been mentioned to you, we started off with zero watch hours out of the 4,000 watch hours needed. With your help, we are up to 2,500 as of this week. So essentially all that means for you is go check out some of our videos on YouTube, watch them. Heck, you don't even need your eyeballs to watch them. Just hit play on a playlist and walk away. <laughs> Either way, we hope that you're enjoying the great content that we have over on YouTube. Let me tell you about some of it. Not only do we have full-length uh, videos of our um, episodes of the podcast, we also have our foundation series, which is a Catholicism 101 teaching series that we are doing that we've been talking about a lot on the show. Uh, we are seven weeks through a 10-week series on basic things that Catholics need to know. So whether you're new to Catholicism or you've been around Catholicism a long time and want to brush up on some things me and uh, a couple other people including a few master's degrees share about uh, just like 30 minute sessions on some of the basic teachings of the church um, we also have new videos in our a catholic perspective series which is looking at some of our favorite tv movies that sort of thing uh, through a catholic lens from a catholic worldview two of our newest videos there are i tackled dr strange and the multiverse of madness my thoughts on that movie and good old morbius that was for spooky season so we hope that you guys can check out those 
today. A bunch of great stuff too, as um, talks, music, all of that is at youtube.com slash Forte Catholic. Head on over, hit subscribe, and uh, maybe watch a couple of videos. It would be truly helpful for us. We are closing in on that goal, and it's going to be huge for us. Whenever we get partnered, YouTube will start, start sharing our videos more to people. It helps us in the algorithm. And also, we can force Google to give uh, Forte Catholic some of its money. So thank you guys for uh, your support on that. We are moving and cruising because of you guys, and we are almost there. So uh, go check out the videos. Hope you enjoy them. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll, and I am joined by somebody who I've been on a Zoom call with uh, to play a game. But today we're going to have a very fun conversation about Catholicism and the environment. Megan Adams is here. Megan, hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you're here. We actually... Um, We've, we've talked before about the environment over social media and that sort of thing. Like, I'll post a picture and be like, hey, I'm in a field for the first time. And you're like, those are Winnebago's or whatever. I don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm actually really, I'm really bad at plan identification. But some of them I know. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, so it's on, like, my my Twitter feed, my Instagram feed or whatever. Like, I, I, when I think of the environment and people that I know, you're the first person that comes to mind. Um, and that is because you're posting about it, but also professionally, tell us about what you do professionally. Yeah, so um, I went to school for environmental and ecological engineering. And then um, for the first four years after I graduated college, I worked for two different companies doing um, environmental consulting through like a civil engineering firm. So it was a lot of uh, stormwater management, stream and wetland design um, and restoration, um, definitely more of the like technical engineering design side of it. Um, but in college, I had done an internship with Chick-fil-A in their sustainability department. Um, and so I've known since college that that was kind of like the corporate sustainability world was where I wanted to ultimately end up. Um, and so like two months ago, I just started a new job um, in downtown Chicago working for a company on all of their solar development projects. And so um, it's a real estate company for like campgrounds, um, which is fun. And so it's like installing solar um, canopies or solar like rooftop systems on um, a bunch of their different properties across the country. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know you got a new job. I knew, I knew yeah. you've been working at like, Thanks in, the Lord, <laughs> I got a new job. I, I loved the people I worked with, but I did not like the stuff. So, or I liked it enough, but it wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> I thought you were going to change it. You're like, actually, I didn't like the people. I just liked the work. <laughs> <laughs> they all stunk. No, like, I, I misspoke. I hate those guys. <laughs> yeah. They're so sweet. And I'm just like not confrontational. So I, I hated the like two weeks notice process so much. Um, but yeah, it was, it was needed. So essentially, like, well, I was, I was going to say essentially what our conversation is going to be is I'm going to be the idiot in this conversation. You're going to teach me some things. But as I as I had that thought, I was like, that's all the conversations on this show. So, <laughs> uh, like, I'm going to ask my dumb questions about your work first, and then we'll get into, you know, general Catholicism environment things. But mm -hmm. when I when I first heard that you were an environmental engineer, I had never heard the term before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, isn't that God's job? Like, he was the one that, like, I built mean, the earth and that sort yeah. of thing. So uh, you're, you're encroaching on his territory. Toy, what's going on there? Um, well, I think that originally humans encroached on his territory and did a bad job. And then that's <laughs> why I have a job now, because a lot of it is trying to backtrack and fix the things that we've done wrong. Well, if we encroached on his territory, it's because he put us here. I mean, it's kind of his fault. I mean, original <laughs> sin, I don't know, the fall, I don't know. 
something along that line. And then we became really bad environmental stewards and right. did a bad job. Um, so essentially here's, here's kind of where I am is I feel like I'm kind of in the middle, which is where I kind of find myself on a lot of things. But I know that like you deeply care about it because I've seen you post about it, but then also some of your responses to me. You're like, hey, you should do this or hey, stop doing that. You know? <laughs> was it about lawns and grass? Probably. I think it was. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I mowed my lawn today. You're like, stop it. And I'm like, That's well. Evil. It's my- not. Yeah, but yeah, I get <laughs> so my it. My neighbors will yell at me. You know, it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any better, you know? Um but I kind of feel like I'm in the middle, and, and it actually came up um, in my personal life pretty recently, and that was the like the the impetus to be like, hey, Megan, I talked about this, and I just never, I, I always intended to have her on the show to talk about it. We just kind of forgot, and then, mm-hmm. but the impetus for me to think about it again was uh, I had somebody that I was uh, um, talking to about faith, who's a faithful Catholic, and they were they were um, less than they are less than thrilled with our current pope, and I'm more of a fan of our. Uh, uh, popes in general. I just, I just like popes, you know. Yeah, so, I'll take them. Yep. <laughs> um, but essentially, they were they were pretty mad that he had been focusing on the environment. Like, the, you know, there's like, oh, isn't there other things to worry about? Aren't there more important things to worry about than the environment? Um, and and then you have people like yourself who are like, not only is this important for our faith, but it's like it's important enough that you're going to give your professional life to it and here i here i find myself in the middle right where Mm -hmm. i'm like i can see kind of the points of like okay i don't think taking care of the environment is like the most important thing in our faith but i also think that it should be talked about and when's the last time pope talked about it maybe never like yeah i don't think ever yeah so i was like i mean it should be talked about right Mm -hmm. but then i have to like look at myself and be like well it's not the most important thing to me either. It's like, I know that it should be more important, but just on my priority. So it's like, that's kind of where I find myself, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, I think I wanted to talk to you about like, why should it be more important to me? What are the things that I, I should do? And then like, what would you say to people who are like, the environment, uh, the environment has, you know, nothing to do with our faith, right? So mm-hmm. let's start from the basics. I just threw like a whole, you know, our, 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 <laughs> I was like, I can talk for an hour. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, th- I think we'll start just personally. Like, w- why mm-hmm. is the environment important to you? Like, obviously, you've mm-hmm. given your professional life to this. Mm-hmm. W- why is it important? Yeah, um, I think that, and kind of tying into um, the discussion of, like, other things being maybe more important, I feel like I go back a lot to, and I'm I'm so bad at quoting Bible verses, so I don't know what it what the Bible verse is, and I'm going to butcher it. But um, the part that talks about how everyone is given different talents and like how if we all were like the hands, then we wouldn't walk or like, you know, that I can't, I'm bad at, again, bad at quoting scripture, but like the part where everyone is a part of the body of Christ in a different way so that we can like function and do the best work that we can. And so for me, the environment's really important. And there's other things that are still important because they're parts of the faith, but, um, I don't feel like as called to it's like, if you feel really called to one ministry and not the other. Um, okay. So then going back, I feel like the environment for me is really important because it touches so many different aspects of, um, human life. And, uh, I think that like relates really well to the faith. Our faith is very focused on, um, like serving the poor and um, the disadvantaged. And a lot of the times environmental degradation like ends up affecting 
those people as well. So like a lot of the times when a new um, garbage dump is being built, it's probably going to be built in an area where it's really cheap to buy land and that there's not a lot of people to like fight for them. And so that's probably going to end up in a really poor neighborhood who already has like, um, what am I thinking? Like lead in the soil from some factory that was there years ago and never got cleaned up. So, um, yeah. So for me, it's, I just see that all of these things like water quality, air quality are affecting people too. Um, or like carbon emissions and greenhouse gases, um, are leading to really crazy weather patterns and, um, like climate change in predominantly countries who are like islands that the sea level's rising. And so those already are usually small countries with like a large indigenous population. So they just aren't always in a position like the U.S. might be to just like continuously move inland when we eventually start flooding Florida. Like anyways, so everybody's um, gonna move to central time <laughs> i mean there, i took a class one time where the professor was like a climate anarchist usually my professors were like we can do it we can turn this around and this guy was like i don't know if we can um <laughs> and he it was it was really interesting though because then he talked about how like the midwest eventually will be the more temperate zone and like our weather is going to be great and i'm like okay so i'm never moving from chicago like i'm going <laughs> to buy real estate here so i'll be set in 2050 when florida property <laughs> exactly. in chicago <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly um that's funny yeah so i it's the environment's just something that i'm already like interested in i've always been very like nature focused my family's very outdoorsy big hunting family lots of camping um I really love birds. Like I did science Olympiad and most of my things were focused on the environment. So I just always had like a passion for it already. And then to be able to um, tie it back into like how it's affecting people is just really cool to me. Yeah. I think for, again, I said, you know, I'm the idiot coming into the conversation and I I know that like we all have our biases, right? Like I grew Mm -hmm. up in a very conservative town. Mm -hmm. Like it was the reddest county in the reddest state in America, Mm -hmm. uh, which ironically enough, uh, Ron Paul came from, who was not that, but it's just very, I learned how to swim in his pool, but also lots of, you know, red, red going on. It was just very funny. Um, but like, I know that, that like, it's a talking point, like within within politics, which like I don't really pay attention to, but I know like like when you say something like um, uh, climate change, I know people's right. flags a, can go it's up. It's a and, trigger, like, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. people's defenses can go up or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the thing that kind of broke through that I had never heard um, mm-hmm. was you talking about like, oh, the environment is is affecting poor communities right yeah. now. It's mm-hmm. not something later in yeah. the past that might affect us down the road. And I, I think it's one of the things, like, I think when when it comes to, like, my responsibility, like, what's my responsibility as a Catholic mm-hmm. for the environment? I've always thought, like, oh, you know, if I don't recycle, then I'm ruining the environment. I never thought that, like, I, so I always think about people affecting the environment, not how the environment is affecting people. Right. right now, yeah. Right. It's just something, it's just something I never thought of. Right. Mm-hmm. I like when I think environmentalism, I think uh, like, Oh, if we don't take care of this, we're eventually going to die. But I, I guess I hadn't really thought of like the impact right now on communities mm-hmm. that we, that we live in, that we do ministry in that sort of thing. So that was kind of eye opening for me of like, mm-hmm. there's stuff going on right now. And like, that's mm-hmm. the kind of work that, that, that you're doing, which is cool. Yeah. And a lot of the environmental movement 
has come from um like sorry my volume apparently was on still on my phone um a lot of the environmental movement has been like championed by people of color who are in um like disadvantaged communities and so like I think one of the earliest um kind of environmental movements in the United States was in the south like a black community um it was something similar like it was like a garbage dump or they were they were going to put a new factory that was going to be um or like build some massive highway straight through their town or something like that um and it was like they banded together and that was kind of one of the first aspects or like the first times that environmental justice was like a coined term which again like social justice can be like a politicized topic that like kind of people's defenses go up but um yeah I think tying in the environmental aspect to social justice like there's a lot of things going on that like one there's a lot of things that we can do to help already prevent bad things from happening but then there's also like a lot of things that just like don't get talked about in the news or like even Flint Michigan like it's talked about for a while still not resolved and it's not really in the news anymore you know so there's a lot of communities being affected yeah 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 and i think that's the thing it's like i don't i don't pay attention to politics quite a bit but like i heard Mm -hmm. about the stuff in flint michigan it's like i didn't know it was still going on because i heard about it many years ago right or maybe it's it's not anymore it went on for a long time though after the media stopped covering it i'm pretty sure it's still going on right don't quote me on that um, I will. You're literally on a thing that Dang is being yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Cute>. <laughs> yeah. Um so let, let's we talk we've talked about you a bit. Let's talk about me for a second. So uh mm-hmm. it's it is my show after all. You know, we gotta yeah, we gotta we gotta, sure. we gotta give give me my time to shine. Yeah. So uh and by time to shine, I mean I'm gonna tell you some things that probably aren't very good about myself. So okay. um I our town, mm-hmm. uh this was used to recycle, just like you know, mm-hmm. they pick Wait, up sorry, our what state you're in? Then. I'm in Texas. So I'm in Bryan Texas. College okay. Station, Texas, right okay. smack dab in the middle of Texas. So, okay. um, you know, just like like I grew up, like we had a trash can and a recycle can mm-hmm. and we put those out and a recycle truck came by and a trash truck came by. Mm-hmm. Right. When I moved to this town seven years ago, we had that same thing, trash mm-hmm. can and recycle can. And uh, so we would we would do that. Right. We're like, OK, we can do our part to help the environment. And then the city was like, we don't we don't have the money to pay for the recycle trucks to go around. So then they were like, hey, you can still give us your recycles, but you have to like drive to this place. Mm-hmm. That's like an intake. So mm-hmm. like at that point, I would say it was about 50-50. Some weeks mm-hmm. we were busy and we would just throw right. it in the trash. We're like, we don't have the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of times my, my wife, who um, we're, we're pretty similar in regards to the environment stuff, but she mm-hmm. might have a little bit more tendency to like, oh, let's do what the Pope says, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so we would drive it there maybe 50% of the time. You know, so 50% of our recycles are going to trash, 50%. And that goes on for a year or two, right? And then they shut down that facility. So now, like, we just don't recycle at all because it's not, right. like, an option. It's not available, is, right. Like, it's not even, like, a choice now. So, mm-hmm. But, like, even when there was a choice, I was making the, the correct Catholic choice 50% mm-hmm. of the time just because of convenience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like... <sighs> You're doing this professionally, and I think, you know, even we'll talk about the body of Christ thing and being the hands and the foot here in a second, too. But, like, this is something that you're actively doing, but it's not something that myself and I think most people listening are actively doing with their profession. So, like, what are things that you would, like, that drive you crazy as somebody who does focus on it? Like, what are some things that, like, 
um, people who aren't in this professionally, the quote-unquote normal people and regular people when it comes to the environment stuff, what is something, uh, a few things we can be doing? Okay. Good question. Um, so recycling is already kind of a touchy topic because a lot of the times recycling is collected and then it's either like mismanaged and it's not recycled properly anyways, or like they're like, we don't actually need this much plastic. And then they ship it off to another country. So like recycling is not always the best thing to happen. Um, well, you're welcome. I stopped doing it. Yeah. Good for you. (laughs) Throw it all away. Um, so I think that like, in school, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. So recycle is, those things aren't all equal. Like reducing is the most important thing and then reusing and then recycling. So if you get, you know, a jar of peanut butter and like, okay, so maybe you can't reduce the amount of peanut butter that you're eating. I love peanut butter. But like, then when you're done with that jar, like if you could reuse it for like storing something or like taking a salad to work as like a Tupperware almost or something like that before you just throw it away if you don't have recycling as an option, like kind of those kind of mentality shifts or buying things and not putting them in plastic. So um, if you're buying food at the grocery store and like those little plastic bags for vegetables, like you're going to wash your veggies anyways. Like why do you need another separate bag? Just like toss them in your cart, things like that. Like little shifts where you're not using as much stuff that's going to be thrown away is like a huge thing. Um, but then also something that I struggled with for a long time, I've always joked that I have, um, Catholic guilt on one side and then like environmental guilt on the other. So (laughs) I have anxiety. Like, and so those things were really debilitating for me for a while in college. Cause it was like, I was learning all of my classes were focused on the environment. And a lot of them, like the one with the, like the anarchist guy who was like, I think we might just be screwed at this point. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Um, so classes, I got kind of, I got a little paranoid. I got a little bit overwhelmed, um, with like, what can I be doing as a person right now? And what am I doing wrong? And for a while I kind of toyed with the idea of being zero waste. And I don't know if you know that concept, but it's basically like, you're not throwing anything away or like the most minimal, like maybe you're getting all your stuff at the grocery store and there's like a sticker on an apple or something. And you can't like avoid getting a little sticker on an apple. You (laughs) sure. Yeah. You're like, yes, this is mine now. Um, so there's like maybe a little bit of trash that you're still producing, but you're like majorly reducing. And I kind of tried to do that, but it's also a really hard thing to do. And I had to give myself some like grace to not be a perfect environmentalist. A lot of people who are being zero waste online, that was their like full-time influencer kind of job then. And so they could do it because they could go to all the fancy stores. I was a college student. Like it just, people are not all in the same spot and you can't just be like, you all have to do this exact same thing. Otherwise you're a bad person. Like that's not what I would ever try to advocate for. Cause it can be very debilitating if you're like, I think that the world is going to burn. And you're like, if I don't do all the things right, it's my fault. Like that's bad. Yeah. Um, so I think then like, I think one of the biggest ways to be impactful for the environment is like to support like policies that are going on or things in the town. Like if your town does any sort of like green infrastructure to reduce flooding, like that's really great. Um, if you, you know, if eventually like recycling is like, should we recycle again? Like, and that's on some like ballot or something like supporting those kind of like grassroots efforts to bring back 
like community-wide programs, I think are really important. So I think there is a fine line, like you're a parent with a family, like you're not not going to be able to be like, I'm going to live zero waste and just like never buy anything in plastic again. Like that's just not feasible for you in this like state of life. Like that's hard to do. Um, (laughs) yeah, it stinks though that you can't recycle. Like that's sad that they don't offer that, but yeah, Yeah. if you have a yard, like composting is really good. I don't know if you've, my my wife has tried. Okay. Yeah. Doing it currently, but she definitely went through a a phase where she was doing that. So yeah, I eventually convinced my parents to do it. And now my dad got like a vermicomposter, which is when you have worms in a bucket and they compost uh, all your food for you. Um, and then he killed a bunch of the worms and then we tried again. So we have a bunch of worms in my parents' house right now. I really want to um, like, you know how you can like edit, you know, like people do it all the time to like edit what people say to like make it whatever you want, right? Yeah. I really want to make a clip of like me asking you like, what can you, what, what can we as normal people do for the environment and just cut to worms in a bucket? <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. Like vermicomposting is really good. Um, really great for the soil. Puts lots of nutrients back into the soil, reduces the amount of stuff that you have to throw away by like a considerable amount. So there are definitely little things to do. I would say don't beat yourself up. Yeah. I, I yeah. think I think what I'm hearing that's like realistic is like mm-hmm. what what are the ways that like me and my family can do a little bit more of the reducing, reusing, yes. and like we can't recycle right now. Right. But I, d- I do think, ironic, I, I think I saw this week that like some private company I think is coming in to Brian to try awesome. to start doing recycling because it's been a year or two since the city was doing it Mm -hmm. so maybe we'll look into that uh but then also like on the policy level like we just went and voted last week right so Mm -hmm. um i i I like that balance there and it's Mm -hmm. like um yeah it's because it's always like i i say all the time if you want to win people over to your side uh i think a lot of people are like the anarchist guy it's like we're all gonna die there's nothing you could do or you have to do all or you have to be like zero waste or whatever right Mm -hmm. um but you know, one of the things like I'm, I'm a huge Apple person. Everything that I own mm-hmm. is Apple, and like mm-hmm. I know that I noticed. Oh, like, I thought you meant the, the Apple, the fruit. Like, oh, oh no, they they always <laughs> tend to have stickers on them, and I eat them. Yeah. It's really confusing. Like, oh, know. okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like Apple, the company, I noticed mm-hmm. that like at all of their conferences and stuff, mm-hmm. that they're um, they're saying that like, oh, we're we're using less and less materials. We're going to mm-hmm. be carbon neutral by this time, and they have, they have all this environmental stuff. And it's like again, it's not one of the things that's like super important to me, but it's also like, oh, that is cool. Like that's a mm-hmm. by buying these thousand dollars Apple products, it's like I'm contributing to this in some small way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think the last the last thing is uh, that I wanted to ask is like, I love that you brought up the like the body crisis. I was going to bring it up anyway, whether okay. you did or not, mm-hmm. and we could both not quote scripture well together, right? Uh, I'm so but, bad at it. Because like mm-hmm. it's literally, I was telling uh, that the I was just at my son's football stuff. Ironically mm-hmm. enough, in a very open field, it was, it was very nicely cut. Whoops. Uh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> you have to have grass for sports. I get it. It's fine. Moving on. Right, we're moving on. Yep. Right. Uh, so he like it's. I was telling him. I was like, oh, I'm going to be talking to this person about the environment. It's not something mm-hmm. I've ever talked about in the seven years of the of this show. And I was like, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it because it's not. It's like a blind spot for me. Like mm-hmm. it's not something that something that I think is important. Just not something that like I'm actively engaged. In. Right. right and he was like oh yeah he's like we all have to play our part right and so he literally he's Your saying like, said that? That's no, so no, no 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 the athletic oh. director sorry oh okay no, my, well my son's i'm gonna nine. picture he, it as your son oh yeah he's he, very he, wise he, on he the, won on the, the skills competition he's very good at punting passing and kicking a ball so. all right yeah we all have our part i can't do that so right exactly <laughs> yeah. uh me either i'd tear all my muscles at this point but um i, I just thought it was, I, I was thinking about that right where i was like 
um, you know, you're the you're gonna you're the active person. You're the hand in this environmental thing. Like you're the active person, but it's like that doesn't mean me the shin bone doesn't need to do anything, right? So I'm like, right. it, it, I, I've been thinking about it this week as we've been talking about you know talking about this topic but then even after you said that it's like okay what are the the little things that we can do and then how can i affect the bigger things with yeah, voting and all that kind of stuff right mm-hmm. um my my last my last little thought here is funny like all the things are combining right my neighbor <laughs> a lot of people in our neighborhood are starting to get solar panels on their house awesome yeah and in texas it makes sense yeah lots yeah. and lots of sun <laughs> yeah. uh so my neighbor Got it. And and she's a very devout Catholic. And I think mm-hmm. she did it partially as environment stuff, but then also like it saves money, right? Mm-hmm. If I do it, it's going to be 100% to save money. Yeah, uh, so. I get that. <laughs> a lot of the times environmental things can save a ton of money. Like a lot of the times it's mutually beneficial. Right. So it, it, it was kind of funny. Just like, again, it's like how it all kind of happened naturally. It's like, if I do this, I won't have to pay this incredible AC bill when it's 110 degrees outside. And it was just like, I love that it's just like, I don't know if it's, you know, God or just happenstance or whatever, that it's just like, here's this big thing that I can do for the environment that's totally going to benefit me. You know? right. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I'm super yeah. excited about it. So here's. Are you going to do me. solar? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> we should talk about that later. Okay. Yeah. 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 So she says that's what you, that's what you're doing yeah. now. But we we had one guy come to our door asking mm-hmm. about it. But then we're gonna go with the one that my friends get because I think they get like seven hundred dollars if they if oh, we do nice. it, referral. referral. Yeah. And I said I would do it if they gave me half of that. Amazing. <laughs> 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 so so yeah, it, w- whether it's purely out of selfishness or self preservation, or mm-hmm. even if there's a, a little bit of uh, goodness in my heart, both for me and my community, I'm glad we had this conversation. And I think uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be five percent better just after talking to you. I love that. Yeah, and that's <laughs> you know we all are growing. We're all learning new stuff. So that's all you can ask for. Okay. So final thoughts. We know that you, you know, this is a focus for you. We know that Pope Francis wrote, wrote an encyclical about it and it was cool that it's, you know, somebody finally addressed this. Right. So I'm going to give you the the final thoughts. What, what, what is the last thing that Catholics need to know about what uh, their role in helping the environment? Uh, Yeah. So I think that it's become a very politicized topic, but I don't think it, it should be, or it even makes sense to be a political topic. I think it comes down to these are things usually that are mutually beneficial. So even if you're like conservative, it's going to save you money probably in the long run. So like, that's good already. But then also like, it helps a lot of people out as well. And like a lot of people who are struggling do not need an extra burden that's caused by something environmental. So just reframing it to be that like, these are good things and it doesn't have to cross like, a political line. It can just be purely like, this is good for people. Um, yeah, I think that would be the main takeaway. Well, that's great. I, every time I think about it, I always go back to literally the first story in the Bible where it's like, what was our run rule? Name these animals and take care of the environment. <laughs> so it's like, it's there right from the yeah. beginning. So Meg, thanks mm-hmm. for uh, spending some time with me today. You can find Meg at Red. 10, the number 10, Meg on Instagram and Twitter. Meg, thanks for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This has been too fun. Yeah, absolutely. Don't go anywhere, guys. We will be right back with Alice Sullivan. We've got an update on our Rome pilgrimage. We're very excited as uh, signups are starting to come in, including none other 
then the queen of fun herself, Miss Liv Harrison, will be joining us. So if uh, hanging out with me and Father Anthony for uh, 10, 11 days in Italy wasn't enough, now we've got the Italian woman herself, Liv Harrison, joining us as well. So if you would like to join us for our pilgrimage in Rome, where we're going to the holiest sites in the Vatican, Rome, Assisi, Tuscany, Florence, uh, we hope that you will join us. You can find all the information at ForteCatholic.com slash travel. If you've been kind of on the fence, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you guys about the trip and uh, hope that you can join us for this incredible trip, our first ever uh, pilgrimage that we're doing with Forte Catholic. We hope that you can come enjoy the holy sites with us, have some food, have some wine, have some drinks in one of the prettiest places in the world. ForteCatholic.com slash travel. Come to Rome with us. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll, rejoined by Allison Lene Sullivan. Allison, in the first segment, we talked about some uh, detriments that I have had in my spiritual life recently, and mm -hmm. uh, you, you gave me some great advice because you're super holy and doing great. Uh, so we're going to test both of those theories here okay. in our final segment. We have we have talked about this book one other time. I talked about it with the other Lene, Jonathan Bearded Blevins, uh -huh. uh, from this book from uh, St. Jose Maria Escriva. Uh, this book, it's actually three books called The Way, The Furrow, and The Forge. I've only read The Way. It's a full book, but this is like the small version of it, right? Okay. Uh, he's a, a saint. He's a founder of an order. Uh, and he essentially what this is, like a devotional book. Mm -hmm. And it's like little one to four sentences things. It's one of those things that like, you know, you, you put behind your toilet and kind of read while you're mm -hmm. you know taking care of business or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I read it when I was in college, ironically enough. We talked about remembering. I'm going back to, every time I go back to this book, it's like, oh, that was a time. It was probably the yeah. holiest of my life. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Single and no kids uh -huh, and going to adoration uh -huh. every day and reading yeah. the Bible and reading this book or whatever, right? But essentially, it's like little sayings that he said to either brothers, priests in his community, or to like lay people from letters or things that he said or whatever, right? They're just okay. these little sentences. And how the book is grouped is that it's grouped into different um, topics, right? So mm -hmm. it's like, his little sentences on character or prayer or holy purity or heart or mortification, study, lukewarmness, charity, love of God. Like that's how it's grouped, right? So the last time we did this, I asked John, I was like, what are the three that you want us to focus on? I, I kind of mm. left it up to him. Okay. And we had a great conversation. So essentially we picked little um, like, you know, from the headings and then I have oh, gotcha. highlighted okay. like the ones from back when I read it, like the ones that really stuck out to me, right? Yeah. But I wanted to make it a little bit more fun with you. Okay. I feel like this segment is evolving. So what I wanted to do is for for myself, uh -huh. I picked like one that I think I'm doing pretty well at okay. and one that I'm not doing too well at. Okay. And we'll focus on those two. I actually, I also thought of two, one for each of you, for you. Yeah. One that I think you're very good at and one that maybe you could use a little bit of help in, right? And you've done the same for me. Yeah, except I have two in each category. No, nope, I just should pick just one. have one. Just have okay. one because we've spent way too long in our intro about the Astros <sighs> that we don't have time to do two each. Fine. I barely think we have time to do one each. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, how would you like to start this? Would you like like me for me, me for you, you for me, you, you for, for me, you. you for me, you for mism? Mm -hmm. Okay. You me. What do you for think you. I'm good at? I think you, I think you're good at heart. I don't know what they mean by heart, but I right. think your, your heart it goes into all your work and all your relationships. Oh, thank you. About that earlier. Okay. I think you have a, a heart for God, a heart for people. Thank you. I think I think heart is a very good one okay. for you. I'm glad you started off nice to me. You chose that. <laughs> I, intentionally. Well, now you're going to leave being mad at me. Because no, it's okay. <laughs> okay. I need to find the page for heart. Mm -hmm. That is page 33. Mm -hmm. Jesus's death year, my current year. I, I did consider heart for myself, and I did not you go with it. it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, here's one. 
Why stoop to drink from the puddles of worldly consolations if you can satisfy your thirst with waters that spring up to life everlasting? Literally our first segment. Totally. I'm finding joy and relaxation totally. in my video games. And you're like, hey, remember that Jesus died for you? Maybe yeah. that would bring you joy. Boom. Wow. That's perfect. Let's do another How one. How about that? Um, your heart weakens and your heart weakens and you reach out for something on earth to support you. Good. But take care that your grasp to stop you from falling doesn't become a dead weight that will drag you down, a change that won't save you. Like, it's literally, these are the answers that you're giving. It's like the worldly things. The I games. have chills. That it's is like, crazy. That, it's like the video games, he's saying they're not bad, but focus Make on sure God it's first. not, yeah. I think it's perfect. Okay. Now you do the one for me that you, the, for me that I'm good at. What do you think I'm good at? Okay. I, I wish there was a category called nothing, like nothingness or... <laughs> What are you good at? Eh, nothing. <laughs> I think that you are really good at perseverance. Really? Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. um, that was the last one. It's not the one I chose for myself, but I totally accept perseverance. It's on page 251. Do you think you're any good at perseverance? No, I'm terrible. Really? I change my mind all the time. I'm like, oh, I'll do that for a minute, and then I'll... Like, uh, I'm going to completely change course and start a new hobby and or career. Well, this is not going to be good for you then. <laughs> to begin is for everyone. Mm -hmm. To persevere is mm. for saints. Yes. I'm so sorry. I'm telling you, you have such focus. You are laser focused on calling and what you want to do. You have a lot of goals and you're going to stay at it. You are very, very perseverant. I, and it's interesting too that this I think connects to the conversation we're having in the first segment too. It's like I persevered through all the crap that was going on, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It left me kind of bruised and broken, but I persevered. And I'm still here, and yeah. things are hopefully going to get better. Um, oh, look, <laughs> this is like perfect. What did I just say? Here's the quote from here. Here's the quote from from Saint Jose Maria. My enthusiasm is gone. That's a quote. Hmm. You wrote me. Yours has to be a work not of enthusiasm but of love, hmm. conscious of duty. Which means self-denial. I like this is like Wow. We didn't even plan this. What this in the like world? This is like the perfect answer for my issues earlier. I mean, you God is nice near. Answers, God is near. Yeah, better, bro, right? that's fine. That's so fine. So it's like my enthusiasm is gone. You have to uh, do not work out of enthusiasm, but work out of love. I, I just did a, a talk the other day. Said love is a choice. It's not a feeling. I can't mm -hmm. command you to love. Or mm -hmm. uh, I can't command you how to feel right. anyway. I'm like, right. hey, you need to be happy right now. Or hey, you need to be angry right now. Or hey, you need. Right. I can't command you how to feel because you can't do that. But I can command you to do something that's a choice. Right? Yes. Do this or, or do this. You have to make a choice. Um, I love that. Conscious of duty. This is my duty. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, what do you think I'm bad at? What do I think you're bad at? Well, uh, it's a long list, but luckily only one of them was in this book. You didn't like that joke. I thought it was a good joke. Okay. This one's not a joke. I actually think I actually think this is good. And it's not even a diss. So okay. maybe we should have done yours first, because if yours is a joke, it's going to look really funny. No, it's not. <laughs> but one of the <gasps> categories is interior struggle. And you've been open about interior mm, struggle. Mm -hmm, I don't mm -hmm. know if it means exactly. Again, I haven't read this in a long time. So I don't know if it, but like yeah. some mental health stuff and like, you know, mm -hmm. you've been open about it on this show, on your show, whatever, yeah, over yeah, the yeah. last couple of years. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, internal struggle. I can get in my head about things. I, um, okay, so you know, there's a saying, someone wiser than I said it, but it was, it's that your feelings should be servants and not masters. Right. And so my feelings can really master me sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, let's find one. Here we go. Oh, I, I highlighted this whole thing. 
Another fail. And what? Oh, another fall. And what a fall. Despair? Question mark. No. Humble yourself and through Mary, your mother, have recourse to the merciful love of Jesus. Amise re re, meaning have mercy on me and lift up your heart. For now, begin again. Begin again was like my spiritual mm. cry like three years mm. ago. I, the, the way this stuff is lining up, yeah. I know that's what it for me, but it's just, it's just no, crazy how great, it's No, that's great, but you were the one that was up. needy in, the, in this first segment. I right. just feel like God is really, this is a consolation. I really feel that way. Very, very much so. Let's do another one. Um, that one's, a, let's see what this one says here. That one's long. We're going to read it. That confusion in your spirit, the temptation that envelops you, is like a blindfold over your eye, over the eyes of your soul. You are in the dark. Don't insist on walking by yourself, for by yourself you will fall. Go to your director, to your superior, and he will make you hear once again those words of Raphael the angel to, to Tobias. Take comfort. Before long, God will hear, heal you. Be obedient, and the scales, the blindfold will fall off your eyes, and God will fill you with grace and peace. I feel like this is the most blessed segment we've ever done yeah, in my life. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really. So and what I chose for myself that I was bad at was obedience. Really? Mm-hmm. I almost chose that for you, but I thought it would be mean, so I went with it too. Oh, <laughs> no, I, no, I agree with you. It's true. I don't like, you know what I don't like? I don't like expectations. Mm. I don't... On other people or other people putting expectations, expectations on you? Expectations on me. I don't like mm. it. I feel controlled and I completely rebel against it. And so obedience, even if it's things that are good and I should be doing, it's it's hard for me. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I I looked at it. It was probably my second second one, th- maybe third <laughs> one, because I was like, you do rebel against authority. And like, we kind of have that in common. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought about it for you and I'm like, that's not true. Like, there was a couple that I was like, eh, and I'm like, that's not true. And in fact, I can't see what I actually did choose for you because my notes aren't showing up. And so I can only see the one that I've kind of changed my mind on. Mm. Humility. Humility? Yeah, I'm not very good at it. So we're doing- You're not terrible. You're not. It takes you a minute, but- Mm. Humility is interesting. Pride was a very big thing, very big thing for me when I was younger. Being fat and bald has helped a lot. When I was good looking and had a six pack, mm. I mean, I was God, were I was God's gift to earth in every category: mm. looks, mm. personality, okay. joke. Like, imagine these jokes, but from a, like a better body. I'd be irresistible. I think you over, <laughs> think you overestimate your jokes. I, I'm kind of playing through the pride a little bit. <laughs> I don't oh ask I'm hilarious. I laugh every time. <laughs> you I say do. Something funny. He loves, so like, I will just hear my voice in another room when you're editing something, and I'm like, oh, and you're like, like fist pumping Arsenio Hall style. Oh, you don't know who that is when you hear yourself. I know who he is. Only I I know that he had a talk show. I've never. I don't know anything about yeah. it. But he was in uh, Coming to yes, America. Yes, Coming indeed. America. Yeah. One of the greatest American films of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about obedience quickly, and then I yeah. went to humility. Well, we okay. went to humility because... Oh, I, I feel like I've gotten better at it, but I still I still swing, like, swing towards pride, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but where I got... The thing that made me get better with the whole pride and humility thing was, I think, more than... The, the thing that pisses me off the most... Of like almost any vice, other than like murder, I, I'm like no, like yeah. everyday vices that people have. The one that pisses me off the most is like false humility. Mm. Oh no! Yeah. Hey, you. Hey, you gave a great talk. No, no, no. Oh uh, like, yeah. Like uh, either saying it wasn't good or like giving God all the credit. It wasn't moving your bottom jaw like you did. It. Yeah. Like with God's you help, prepared. right? In the yeah. same way that like the scriptures were God inspired, but like 
Matthew still needed to know how to write Greek. <laughs> like, so, you know, okay, like, but, but what's underneath false humility that's so in- annoying? It's a lie? It's like... Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's lying. It's lie. Because it's like... For most people, like, I feel like it's another form of vanity. For for most people, it's they know they are totally receiving the compliment and taking it in because they know that it was good and lying on the outside and it pisses mm, me off. I like yeah, um, that's that's a good explanation of that. But I don't like it either. Um, so I, I think accepting humility for what it actually is, mm-hmm. learning what humility actually is, because mm-hmm. I thought humility mm-hmm. was false humility mm-hmm. for years, so good. I rejected it even good, more. Good, right, good, right, yeah. but humility is just telling the truth. Exactly, that's all it is. It's like, exactly. Hey, you have these gifts and talents here. You don't have these gifts and talents here. You struggle here. Acknowledging all of that as truth is mm-hmm. humility, right? Yeah. So, like, if you say, "Hey, you're a great piano player," I can be like, "No, I'm not, because mm-hmm. I'm not that great. I know yeah. how to like, pluck around on little chords." But when you say, "Like, hey, you're great at, uh, you did a great job editing the podcast," I'm like, "Thanks, mm-hmm. I, I know." Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. I'm, that's not a surprise to me because I right. know that I'm good at it, right? Um, well, and even seeing yourself no more or no less than how God sees you, you know, and and that's always there's always a. Um, tension there because yes, I'm a sinner and fall short of glory. And yes, I am, you know, a son of a king and blah, blah, blah. Son of a king. You son of a king. Okay. Uh, let's read some on humility. Don't aspire to be like the gilded weather vane. No, I'm not reading that one. <laughs> Lamo. Did you highlight it? I did highlight it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it was because of pride. You thought you were already capable of everything all by yourself. But then he left you out for a moment and you fell headlong. Mm. Be humble and his extraordinary aid will not fail you. I think the place where I still have a lot of pride is I do try to do everything on my own strength and like mm-hmm. not asking God. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. Right. And not asking God for help. And I, uh, he's actually pretty good at not bringing out good fruit on the things that I do on myself, mm-hmm. uh, by myself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost ridiculous how obvious it is. Yeah. And yet I'm still an idiot yes. and choose to do things on my the own. The things that I try to strong arm, I'm all, I always end up looking at them like, meh. You know? I, the, let's put it this way. The things that I am most in awe of, I feel like happened by accident, except it's not because God is good. You know? But it's always like, right. I have no idea how that happened. Right. Right. That's false humility. It pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, did we do them all? I kind of got lost so. there in the middle. I think okay, so. Okay, cool. Well, I, I love this. I think it's it's great devotional reading. I didn't say my I don't I don't think it was heart. I I thought it was charity. I feel like I have a it's very similar. A charitable like approach to people and their hang-ups or poverties or whatever. So but that's the only thing I think we missed is what we think I, we I, think we are. I think so here's here's why I think I chose heart over that. Because heart, you have very strong feelings, both positively and negatively. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know how everybody says like, oh, your mom's so great. I don't mm. know. I don't know if people say that. But like a lot of times like, oh, your mom or your dad's so great. And it's like, well, you don't live with them. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think you have heart. Sometimes behind closed doors. <laughs> privately. You so might not I, have am charity I, are, I'm the, the one where you're saying, oh, you don't live with her? Yeah. Like, oh, she's so yeah, nice yeah, yeah. that you don't live with her? <laughs> you're like my mom. <laughs> My mama don't like you, and she likes everyone. And like, I love, I you know, and like, that's the thing. It's like anytime somebody says like, "Oh, like you love your mom," mm-hmm. but it's like she's not the person you think she is. She's yeah. not perfect, uh-huh. right? Oh no, yeah. And, oh, and, and, I, and I think like you know, you are a very charitable person, mm-hmm. but you know, mm-hmm. I like the heart. I like the so hearts. A uh, bit. Yeah, I know you do. But so hearts more all encompassing, right? Of, like you, just very much kindness. feeling all the things, <laughs> not just acting out of love all the time. I feel like I would pick. Uh, Maybe it's my bias. I would pick like a, a a 
an actual nun, like not a yeah, sister right, right, for right. charity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe gotcha. maybe some sisters, yeah. right? But I think more like quiet contemplative for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for for that kind of charity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I I appreciate your feistiness. Thank you. You're welcome. It's not going anywhere. I've tried really hard. Well, good. Well, you can stay feisty. I'll stay a little prideful. Just okay. a little it's bit. It's fine. No false humility, char- a little I'm, bit of humility. I accept it charitably. Oh, fine. You're a loving person. Is that what you want me to say? <laughs> no, we, it's fine. I like my sassy side, too. Him, would, mm. would he pick charity or heart for Gosh, you? Gosh, that poor man. Right? I mean, he is always on his toes. What are you going to get? Who knows? Oh, man, I just asked the question thinking he'd pick one of those two. What if he picked one of the other ones? <laughs> There's so many possibilities. There are. We I, should ask him. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to we ask him and we'll report back. <laughs> I'm Taylor Stroll. That's Allison Sullivan. We are both trying to grow in holiness and we're trying to help each other out along the way we hope this this was helpful for you if it was please hit subscribe and she'll be back next month i'll be back next week see ya thank you guys for watching listening today we hope that you enjoyed our conversation uh, I just had to laugh whenever I looked at the video of this one after I had all these expectations that this new camera setup was going to be uh, the solution. And then the camera was just like two inches out of focus. It focused on the microphone instead of our faces. So I just thought that was a funny <laughs> conclusion to our conversation about expectations as mine were very high for how this episode was going to look and ended up being like, dang, it's not bad. It's just like right out of focus. So we hope that you have a pleasant week this week and we will be back next week. Uh, so hit that subscribe button so you don't miss the show or anything else we have going on on the YouTube channel. Love you guys. Bye.